Welcome to the Deadly Art of Survival podcast. Today we have on our show Sifu Carl Albright. Sifu was on the front cover of the All Kung Fu edition, so make sure you stay tuned and enjoy the first episode. How did you get started in Kung Fu? Well, as a child, my father was in the military, and uh, like many people today, uh, he put me into a martial arts school to, uh, you know, to kind of get, out, I guess, out of the way, like a lot of parents do today. Right. But at that time, weren't many schools around, uh, you know, there wasn't many uh, martial art uh, teachers. There was no real publicity about martial arts and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but because my father was in the military, he met a lot of people that knew about uh, various martial arts. And one of his friends was the captain of the Shanghai riot squads in China. Oh, and he had told them about uh, Chinese boxing, uh, you know, Kung Fu and uh, so forth. So he thought that might be a good idea if he could find a place to, uh, for me to, to learn. And uh, and that's how I got started. He put me into a school. I started learning. I didn't know what I was doing. I was five years old, a little kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never really stopped after that. Okay. Now, who did you look up to in Kung Fu? When I started, uh, was as I said, there's no real, you know, people out there publicly, mm-hmm. except for people that are, you know, um, practitioners. And, uh, you know, they're not on TV, they're not, you know, there's no internet, there's no radio and so forth. So basically, uh, I found out about things through books and magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I would do is I go to, uh, in Chinatown, my father would pick out books and magazines and later I did that. And so I started looking at, at, at these masters uh, in China and in Hong Kong. Uh, and during that time, I was uh, picking up Chinese uh, pretty pretty good, reading and speaking. So uh, I started planning. I said, oh, I'm going to go and meet these masters. And so I started you know, looking for these uh, teachers. And so that, that was who I would look up to. I would say uh, the grandmaster of Hungar, for example, uh, Lam Zhou. Uh, he is only uh, two removed from Wang Fei Hung. And Wang Fei Hung is considered the most popular Hongar practitioner in modern day times. Right. And and he is the guy they wrote uh, books about. They did movies about him and so forth. So I really looked up to him. And uh, my introduction to his style was when I was in, hi- in uh, high school. So I went to high school in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a guy teaching named Buck Sam Kong, who was teaching Hongar. Hongar. Okay. And so I joined his uh, class because I heard he was the student of that master at Lam Joe in, in Hong Kong. And gotcha. so, uh, so, and that's like, I got really a good introduction um, by doing that. But those are the people I looked up to, the people I saw in, in the magazines and books would come out. Like Robert Smith mm-hmm. was an early guy who wrote books on Chinese martial arts uh, back in the 60s. And so uh, people who were doing things that were promoting and that I could uh, find, uh, those were the people I look up to. They were not really people who what people would consider famous today or things right. like that. But they were the leaders in their, you know, uh, in their styles and in their um, in the Chinese martial art community at the time. Right. Still legends in martial arts. Exactly. Exactly. Now, karate is a little different from kung fu. So how was training uh, in kung fu for you? Well, in the old days, uh, training, I think, in anything was arduous and grueling. Right. And uh, I think that just goes across the board because I uh, have a lot of friends that did a lot of different things. I was friends over the years with many, many top masters. Uh, Masayama, for example, 
Oh, of course, one of the most grueling classes, uh, uh, Kai Khan. Mm. Uh, I didn't train in that, but my mm. friends did. So I would go to watch the class, and after the class, we would spar and we would uh, do things. So I, I had a lot of people that did things that weren't kung fu, but we still were friends right. because we could get together, we could train, and we could uh, and we could fight, we could spar. In those days, spar, sparring was like you know everybody did it. You see a guy, you see guys in the park. I say, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, you want to spar? And everybody would spar. Yeah, it was a yeah. you know it was a thing, uh, and it really was taught for the discipline and training and learning of the system. And there wasn't any commercial aspect to it because many people paid little or nothing, and they paid it on the floor. So that was really really different. Uh, today uh, it's quite different because most people are doing it for exercise or hobby, maybe some self defense. Right. So it's not even seen as that required to put that kind of uh, effort where people yeah. leave with a broken bone or a bloody, you know, nose or something like that, uh, like they did, which was very common in the old days. Uh, so I don't know if that's, that's good or bad, but I guess it depends on what you're training for, you know. Yeah. But if you just want to train to learn some simple self-defense and exercise and some confidence and discipline, uh, you don't have to go that far, you know. But right. in those days, that's the way they learned. So that's the way they taught. So there was no in between. You get on right. the floor, and uh, you know it's blood, sweat, and tears every day. You know, right? It's old school. Yeah, that's the way it was. You know, <clears throat> I think karate too. Karate the same thing. Kung Fu the same thing. Right. Uh, it, it changed uh, really during the seventies with Kung Fu because people uh, uh, started seeing these guys in tournaments doing a lot of flips and fancy stuff, and they were doing the modern uh, contemporary wushu stuff. Right. And, and that, that became popular because, I mean, it looks good. You know, it's not really f- fundamentally fighting, but uh, but it's good for health. It's good for exercise. And, uh, you know, it attracted a lot of people. So people started doing that. And, uh, and that training is also very hard, and, but it's different, different kind of hard. Right. So um, uh, that really changed the way people looked at, um, you know, Chinese martial arts. They started thinking, oh, those guys are just, you know, posers or dancers or, you know, gymnast, gymnasts or something like that, and not real fighters. But uh, in, in the old days, uh, anybody who was a Kung Fu man uh, right. was, was a fighter. To all of our listeners, make sure you go check out Real Talk Chronicles hosted by Bill Foster every Monday, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's a great show. Don't miss it. The Deadly Art of Survival Magazine 4th Edition is out now. All Kung Fu Collector's Series. Did you get your copy? If you didn't, make sure you do on Amazon or DeadlyArtofSurvival.com.